The Deep Analysis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Deep Analysis Podcast. It's been a really busy time at Deep Analysis. Uh, lots of uh, very interesting projects on, getting the chance to meet with many interesting people. Cash and I are working hard on the AI playbook, which is hopefully going to be published uh, spring this year. And uh, we'll tell you more about that in future podcasts. But on the topic of AI, last week I got to meet with Zachary Scott Jarbinen, who's the product marketing lead at OpenText for AI. I've met with Zachary in the past and had the pleasure of working with him on a project. And he's a guy who's got some great thoughts and insights into the challenges and the opportunities of AI in the enterprise. As always, I want to be clear, this is not a sponsored uh, podcast. Open Text did not pay for this. Um, this is really just... Uh, you know, me chatting and uh, sharing some thoughts and ideas with uh, leaders in the industry. And so with that, let's jump into the conversation. Well, thank you, Zachary, for joining us today. Really excited about this. Thank you, Alan, and uh, pleasure to be here. Um, you know, first and foremost, pleasure to be on the show. In terms of my background, um, uh, done it, worked for big enterprises, worked for small. Uh, I think my claim to fame, if anyone's listening out there, uh, was I worked on the uh, Obama presidential digital team, campaign team in 2008, um, was out here in Boston for that, as well as across the country. You know, there's sim- there's undertones there in that, you know, that campaign became famous because we used data to achieve an outcome, right? We mm-hmm. used analytics, um, uh, whether backward looking or now today we'll talk about with AI kind of forward looking, but that's... Uh, kind of the the fun fact about my background and kind of part of the foundation which kind of brought me first into analytics and now as the markets move there and that, um, you know, technologies has made it possible, right? We've, you know, the only reason this is possible now is is certain technological factors. Uh, And so now into AI and analytics at OpenText. So you said something very interesting there. So, I mean, maybe I'll paraphrase it and you'll correct me. Analytics, we're looking at what we've got we're, we're sort of analyzing that and we're saying, okay, this is, this is where we're at today. Whereas with AI, it's more transformational. But when I go to organizations, I see, I mean, let me give you a real world example. It's because um, I'm just finishing up writing a report for a client right at the moment. Their issue is a really practical one. And I've heard this from others as well, by the way. But, okay, so you've got a big Wall Street bank. And they're spending lots of money, and they've got deep pockets, and whatever. You know, if it really can make a difference, they'll spend money. The world's a wonderful place. However, many of their problems are really basic. Many of their problems are down to document scanning and pulling together paperwork. And just and they won't put money into that. It's not sexy. It's not very interesting. So they'll spend the money in AI on some far-fetched transformational project, which then falls flat on its face. I'm just wondering, I mean, is that, some, is that something just we're seeing? But I wonder if people are getting too grandiose and maybe they should be focusing their AI efforts on getting the basics right in the first place. You know, and, and it's something we see a lot and, and it comes with this kind of, you know, uh, uh, commercial watching, you know, world and what we see on TV, right, from the big, big vendors or the AI dreamers, sometimes we refer, refer to them as. 
Um, you know, you, you talk about curing cancer or winning Jeopardy, and that's what we want. Well, the reality is, how does that help my business, right? How does that help me achieve an outcome? Um, and so, um, you know, at OpenText, you, we were just talking about this, right? Humble Canadian company. And really, that's which is also a secret to AI success is, okay, what are the business processes that we have and use on mass now? And how do we, uh, you know, enhance, augment, you know, change those or, you know, break those in a way that can, uh, delivers, you know, dramatic value, dramatic, um, whether it's cost savings, increased revenue, what have you, based on our existing processes and businesses through AI. And so we're, we've focused on, or we, you know, we suggest we, that's, we, you know, we, in a, in a way we reflect our market and our customer base, right? They want, or the ones that are going to be successful and happy in the long term are those that are, that are tackling tangible problems. And you mentioned an exceptional one that we see all the time. Um, I know we, you know, spoken with you about it many times because we see our clients, you've seen the same um, need for same, which is basic processes, right, around digitization of documents or routing correspondence or whatever. That is, you know, a backbone of, of, of big enterprises today. How do you make that process that is already in flight uh, in times more effective by using AI, by machine reading all of the, the content um, that you have moving around the enterprise whether that's making you digitize it faster, root it more effectively, pick a thing, uh, that's a really neat uh, angle that, that we think companies should um, will ultimately come back to spend more time on. Maybe they are first interested in, you know, they get the buzz buzzwords and that brings their interest in where they're going to find value in the long term or things like that. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, one of the... Th- one of our trains of thought, if you like, it's not like we've gone out there and done a big survey and proven this, but uh, but we're you know we're analysts, so we're, we're arrogant enough to just make an opinion and stand by it. Is that good AI depends on good data, right? Good clean data. That's important. There's a perception that AI is totally reliant on masses and huge volumes of data, and our argument is. Actually, a small amount of really good and relevant data is far better than a huge volume, right? And I think most people in AI would agree with that, but it's not the popular conception. So if you take something as basic as scanning and capture, if you get it right right to the beginning of the process, boom, that's rocket fuel for your AI. But I don't know that people are making those kind of connections today. So I, 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 I'm just interested. I mean, you know, if you're seeing the same thing with your clients. Yeah. You know, this is, you're hitting, hitting around the head, which is for something like scanning. I mean, it often, yeah, if you're talking about, you know, running some sort of, you know, unsurprised, you know, neural network, something like that, maybe you want a massive amount of data. There's, there's use cases for each. Yeah. When it comes to something basic like scanning, again, which is a backbone of so many enterprises, what you want, well, first is to get started and you enjoy your, uh, this podcast, other things you, you always are a great advocate for same Alan, which is, you know, we all want to just be, we all want to begin. Well, we want to come with tackle a problem. Um, but with something like scanning, there's no reason not to begin today because with a limited set of data, you can attack certain, um, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, okay, there's only so many variations of, so right, well, right now, let's talk about scanning. Right now, most organizations have operators that are manually, as a human, inputting all of this information as they if it comes through. So immediately, even if an if, a, if an AI or if your your uh, 
um, AI process can you do half of that, right? So even the most basic documents, hey, you know, this, we always get this I-9 or, or this certain contract or whatever that is very, that's pretty standard. It's fairly easy to have, um, to train AI um, to be able to, to handle that, those type of documents. So you immediately, especially at an enterprise level company, um, are seeing incredible value over having a, you know, a human that can only do one a minute be sub, you know, helped out by a machine that can do thousands a minute, right? Read all the books in the library at the same time. That's what AI can do uh, type of thing. Now, what's nice is two things. One, you know, your existing people then get to, that you already have, right? They get to keep working on those type of document types um, that maybe are more difficult, or I always joke, you know, have, have coffee spilled on, which could actually be the case. You could have documents that have coffee spilled on, um, which maybe, you know, is tough tough for the, you know, the OCR to extract and then the, the machine to read or, or what have you. But even then, so the point is to get started. There's a set of documents right now that you that are that are absolutely um, uh, within the realm of being able uh, to address with AI. And then over time, uh, and you've said the same, Alan. You know, AI can learn, right? You can train the train to be better and get take on more and more documents over time, so that that investment just gets better. Yeah. So so maybe let's take a slight detour here. I mean, just picking up on something you said there. I'm guilty of it, for sure. I think most of us are. We talk about AI as if it's a thing. I think I shared with you an experience I had with a workshop when, you know, apparently I, I was talking to 30 people who were involved in AI projects. And when we started explaining the different flavors of AI, from, you know, yeah, you know, deep learning, neural networks to basic decision trees, this was the first they'd ever heard of this. And I, and I wonder if we do ourselves a disservice sometimes. I mean, obviously, I've, ha- I, and, you know, I've built a training course, so I have a vested interest in having people educated. But it seems to me that there's, a, there's a, a, a lack of understanding of the nuts and bolts of AI. And one of those things is people are scared of math. Fair enough, right? I'm terrified of math. But you don't need to know anything about math, right? It's not, you know, somebody does, that's for sure, on your team. But just more um, education, more information that actually, no, one AI is not a fit for everything, right? And I'll say the name, you wouldn't, IBM Watson. It's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And, and we use terms like machine learning, and cognitive computing, and AI, and, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Oh, we could have a big word cloud up here. And I think it just confuses everybody. Do you think there's an opportunity for for you, for open text, um, just for the market as a whole, to start educating people about actually how simple, in many ways, using and implementing AI is? So great. And and I was thinking about this as I was coming up, uh, coming into this conversation, as we were talking about this, like you uh, had kind of mentioned, you know, in any industry, right, We the first thing we should often address. People know this, you know, people are listening, right? We've switched industries, folks have switched industries before. What's the first thing you do? You learn the jargon, right? You learn the uh, alphabet soup of terms that you should learn that, um, uh, that, you know, are going to help you be successful. Um, and so strongly recommend, you know, the same, um, we, uh, take the same approach. The other way, actually, I was thinking about this, uh, many years ago, I learned Greek, ancient Greek, why I did this in my first year of college. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, thing. Yeah. 
I, I hope so, though they, the other, uh, the, the cute gals that I did not talk to, probably because I was just a nerd uh, studying ancient Greek at the time, were, uh, it's notable. Um, but they, but the, the point is, is there's that term, right, that people say, it's Greek to me. Why is that? Well, well there are other reasons, but it, different alphabet, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, different symbols, different signs, and that's what makes it different. I learned in Greek class, you learn the, the alphabet just like you would if you changed industries. The first thing you do, what's my jargon? What do I need to learn? On day one, mm-hmm. it was no longer Greek to me, you know, hey, I've being able to read the other channel. But you learn the basic jargon on day one. Mm-hmm. That is, that's what you want to do with any new thing. And so we're, we're all guilty of it some, uh, in some ways. I, you know, in this, you'll hear me in this conversation saying, okay, AI does this, AI does that. Is it a black box? Is it a little, you know, robot that just magically is making things happen? We all, you know, that's the fun, you know, story that's told, uh, that makes it sound fun. But to your point, could be a disservice. Anyone, I would just encourage anyone who's, you know, wants to work in the space, Get started. Learn some of the basic jargon. You don't need to be a PhD data scientist to your to your point, but you need. To, it's good to know some of the basics for your projects to be successful. Yeah, and, and that's actually uh, literally and truthfully. My hand is literally and truthfully on my heart when I'm saying this. To get DevOps for AI, pretty expensive. Not a lot of people around. Okay, to get a really good data scientist, yeah, it's pretty expensive. Not a lot of them around. Okay, but you know what? An AI project isn't made up of those people. An AI project is made up of business analysts. It's made up of project managers. It's made up of all the kinds of people that you would typically have on a project. Why? Because it's about business transformation. It's a tool that you will use to transform your business. If there's a shortage of data scientists out there, I tell you what, there's a heck of a shortage of business analysts who also know something about AI. And so moving forward, to me, and, and again, you know, you're in there with all the open text customers and prospects and stuff. For me, one of the reasons that AI is not getting quite the momentum it should, because people are approaching the projects wrong, just plain wrong. A, they think this is way too complicated for us, so they're a little bit scared of it, okay, so they never actually approach the project at all. Or B, when they do... They think it's a traditional IT project. So they work towards a go-live date, and then they'll switch it on and they'll all walk away. And and you're nodding because I think you've had the same experience I've had when I've said to people, yeah, actually, it's not like that. But there's nobody out there telling them that. There's no methodologies out there. There's, There's a dearth of it. So they go in blindly and trip up. So I'll put you on the spot. I mean, I've got my answer, but... AI projects, I believe, are fundamentally different to traditional IT business application projects. My, my simple thing is that, like I said, it doesn't end at go live. What about your customers? What about the people you work with? Is, is that, do they get that? Yeah. Or is that? Ah, I don't know if many of them, some of them do, some of them don't. The way I like to think about it is there's a kind of continuum along a maturity, right? Mm-hmm. You find some that are nascent. And then you find some that are kind of in momentum. And then you find someone that are, are a few actually that are very mature at this point, right? Or that are kind of visionaries in the space that get that. Not visionaries just because they think it's there, but that actually get that. That support it with culture and organization, talent, you know, tools, 
all of those things. The companies that get it right kind of have those kind of five pillars of, uh, uh, that they support uh, with these projects. Now, how you get there is uh, rarely that just one day you wake up or you hire, you know, and it's just done. To your point, you need to build an institutional uh, uh, you know, organization around it. I know my business problems and I know we can, you know, now I know enough that that seems that's possible that we address that. Okay, now how do I marshal support or how do I get the right people involved? Or, uh, you know, and there's a lot that can be done. To your point, there's a there's a lack of, uh, uh, or sometimes it's tough to get a DevOps or, uh, or a data science person. So how can I start with the people I have, right? How can I start with a citizen data scientist or how can, and this is the worry, is that that same person then puts all of the onus on the business on the data scientist, which organizations right now don't have enough of, and so that data scientist really should be spending their time building the model, training the data, and these type of things, and they're having to address uh, other kind of business challenges, uh, you know, business analyst challenges or reporting of results challenges, things that a business analyst can take every time and can do every time. So there's a piece to the puzzle for every person uh, in the organization, and you can get started you know, today as an informal group. A lot of people get started as kind of an informal group, contributes on the side, hey, tells their manager, hey, okay, that I get involved with that, and the, their manager says, yes, our, our leadership said we need to do more of this. I'll help you do it in an informal way, and then over time, organizations start, the, the organization may support that more, um, uh, more throughout. Uh, those are recipes for success we've seen. What are the routes for people to come in if they're not coming straight out of that pure MIT data science sort of path? Ah, ah it's wonderful. And, and it's funny, first I want to just piggyback, uh, you know, we think of the same, I came from the analytics industry, and the same thing, you know, we see AI as the way, one of the ways, to your point, to, well, first of all, there's still an amazing amount of people within the analytics industry, right, who were, or, or who... Let me put it another way. People who've never done analytics at their organization, right? You know, people, uh, I started out and I'm a data-driven person first. And people, you know, people, you know, and I came, I worked in marketing and people, oh, no, well, there's the whole marketing and half of it doesn't count, half of it does count, you know, these type of things. And I'm like, man, I only know the count way. That's the, that's the only way I mean, I, I was schooled in. And so there's, it amazes me as well. There's a huge long tail of people who need to become data literate, you know, content literate, um, AI literate, and so there's an opportunity for that. Um, it goes back to what we said. Hey, man, just begin. You know, we we like to, uh, you know, OpenText traditionally is on the on the analytics side. You know, in, in in my world is always we you know okay, let me just start with like a business analyst understanding the numbers, understanding reporting. How do we become more more insights driven as a company? That's how we win, um, and these type of things. So now, how to move to AI? Again, it is. And now I have to correct myself. It's not AI. How do you move to deploying machine learning or the other types of, uh, uh, you know, the other alphabet soup of AI in your organization? Well, it's the same thing. It's, okay, we have a business problem and we need to solve it. What are our, what are the tools and technologies available to solve that? And so now what, again, why this is so interesting is it didn't used to be possible, but now it is. And that is kind of two things on the, that I'd start with. Well, one, a big focus of us um, <clears throat> that a lot of people say, okay, even as people are now making use of their data, are they making use of all their data? And so we talk a lot about going back to content, unstructured data, right? Is the, and some people actually refer to it as the final frontier, right? The, yeah. You know, I, 
Uh, so make use of that unstructured data. There's a treasure trove of data available to you now. Make use of it, right? It's right there in front of you. You can do it now. Palpable advancements in AM machine learning allow you to do that now. Um, work with a partner if you don't, if you if you need help, guidance, etc. And then two, you know, kind of predict the, you know, make become make your analytics better by being able to add going from rear view to predicting the future. And that's the other thing that machine learning unlocks. Uh, you can now be better with your insights because you can see what things are going to happen going forward, not just in the past. Yeah, and I think I think you touched on something there which has really changed dramatically. I mean, obviously in the world, in, in the sort of, you know, the brief history of AI, um, I, I remember the, probably literally the first machine learning AI tool I ever saw um, I won't say who, who they were, but this would have been 98, 99. I just started as an analyst. And it was the equivalent of um, it was the equivalent of going to Vegas, and, and there's a table magician, right? And he says, is this your card? And I would say, no. And he says, is this your card? And I would say, no. Is this your card? No. And then the fifth one, is this your card? Goes, yeah, that's my card. I was really unimpressed. However, think about what a laptop was like in 1998. Right, he had incredible small amount of data, very little processing power. I should have. I mean, pretty impressive, actually. Really, okay, got it wrong most of the time, but he got it right. Today, with access to the cloud, with access to volumes of great data, I mean, obviously, that's been transformative for AI, right? But I think the the thing which um, you touched on there, which really interested me, is something I used to say when I argued with other analysts when I was at Ovum and and and, and four five one or whatever was you know because you had your structured data people and you had your unstructured and we didn't talk right I mean we were in different worlds and I used to say yeah you've got all your big data but the context the key for all of that is sitting in one of these documents here that you can't access. And I think in the world of schemaless databases and everything that's going on, I think that's starting to... People are starting to figure that out, right? That that unstructured stuff, maybe it's far more important than we thought. And, and it's, yeah, and I, I think the leaders, well, I mean, those who are doing right by this have or are, are figuring it out. I think there's still a groundswell of people who have yet, and it's for some of the same reasons... Uh, you, you know, you mentioned there's a funny story. Uh, the founder of JavaScript I was talking with a while, computer programming la- language, he would always say, you know, hey, developers are just as emotional and, you know, nonsensical as normal people. Um, uh, and, and, and the joke was that, you know, sometimes historically programming languages to die would literally have to mean people would have to retire or die. Um, and so sometimes people get in their, you know, in their... Uh, with their tribe of, uh, you know, content people versus, versus not. Now, there's a new breed or those who are going to be successful um, are marrying the two. We can do it now. And so break down those walls, break down those silos, and that's what you can do with AI machine learning is read that unstructured just like it's other content. And, you know, that's obviously a big part of our story. Um, you know, we've, we've taken that approach from the beginning. Um, and so we like to call it emblematically big content. Right, it's not just about big data; it's about your big content. Um, you know, to your point, look at those uh, find you know that context, find that uh, additional nuggets or the gold nuggets often are in in the documents alongside uh, the structured data that we you all know 
uh, historically, and we all live it, right? We, we have, we're bombarded by emails and, and, uh, and, and documents and tweets and all of these things every day. All of that is data that you can process at massive you know, machine enterprise scale. Yeah. Thanks for having me uh, to your point Very well. and, and, and everyone, it's a journey. And so get, be, begin now. It's not going to go away. It's only going to advance. And so get started. If that wasn't the right fight to fight today, to your point, right? Do, do something else, figure out the right use cases. And, uh, and, uh, we'll be talking more as this is just going to grow and blossom over time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I certainly enjoyed meeting with Zachary. It was a real pleasure to talk with him. And we've got some more podcasts uh, in the works coming up on information governance and uh, business process management and, uh, and more about our book. And we'll definitely be plugging that today. And talking about plugging things, the AI training course with AIM is live. And uh, if you or your company really wants to know about the practicalities and get a certificate in the process of AI in the enterprise, then check that out at www.aim.org. And as always, if you want to talk to us, if there's something we can help you with, let us know at deepanalysis.com. Bye. We'll